Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. We're in chambers this week to clear the docket. And with me, as always, is a man with justice in his veins, Judge John Hodgman. <laughs> it's not just justice in my veins, Jesse. Uh, it's, it's blood. And I know that because months ago, before we had vaccines, and I was doing due diligence and getting periodically checked for COVID, negative every time, I'm glad to say, very lucky. At one point they said, do you want to get the antibody test? the blood test to see if you had developed the antibodies for COVID because it might indicate that you may have had it or it might indicate nothing. We really don't know, actually. And I'm like, if it's a needle, stick it in me. I'm in a doctor's office. This is what I do. And so I said, sure. And they drew my blood and they said, okay. And we took the COVID test and we will call you if there's a problem. If you don't have COVID, you'll get an email. If you have COVID, we'll call you. So sure enough, a couple of days later, I missed this call from the lab. And they're like, you have to call us back right away. I'm like, oh, I can't believe that this happened finally. And I call and my heart is racing. I'm like, this is, I can't, I, I, I've tried so hard to not get it. And now I have it. And after being on hold for like 25 minutes, they get on, they're like, oh no, you don't have COVID. I'm like, well, why were you calling me? And they said, oh, we couldn't test your blood. <laughs> the lab refused to test your blood due to lipidosis. And I'm like, what's lipidosis? And they said, high content of fat in your blood. And I'm like, all right, yeah. that tracks. That yeah. tracks. I've just basically been eating butter and mayonnaise for the past several months. So wait, they refused it on principle? The lab, the lab looked at my fatty blood and said, no. Ugh. Get that guy to get his triglycerides down and then come back. <laughs> Give that guy some Drano. Let's clear this yeah. thing out. Yeah, but let me tell you something. I'm, um, I'm more active now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm rejoining the world as we all are as safely and, and responsibly as we can. I'm very excited. My heart's, my heart is thumping for a new reason, Jesse. Mm -hmm. I'm very that? excited because we have a, we have a new segment on the show. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Stay tuned to the end, everybody, for our new segment, Rudy's Place. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Rudy, Jesse? <laughs> Sure, of course I remember. Rudy was the dad who pitched a, an app where there's a virtual bar where you can uh, buy people drinks. Terrible idea for an app. Listeners have been writing in trying to trying to uh, stress test that app and make it work. No one can figure out how to make that app work. I'm sorry, yeah. Rudy. Rudy Rudy was on this show a couple weeks ago uh, in, in litigation uh, with his son, Patrick, who just wanted his dad to stop talking about this terrible app. But during the conversation, we learned a lot about Rudy. We learned that Rudy, this, this, this dad, first of all, lives on a road called Big Toad Road, which is the greatest. Yeah. Hates the internet, also hates sharks, also hates mega yachts. And there's one thing he hates above all other things. And we're going to hear about that later on in the episode in a new segment called Rudy's Place. But meanwhile, what else we got? Well, I've been stress testing an app. Yeah. Mozzarella sticks. <laughs> Go on. That's all, that's all I got. Oh, I got you. <laughs> Here's a case from Jillian in Plainview, New York. Hi there, Judge. I'm currently sitting with my parents enjoying some lunch. My mom took out a bowl of lettuce with some croutons and shredded cheese and said, a Caesar salad without the dressing has, like, no fat. She then proceeded to eat it dry. Mm -hmm. 
I had to take a picture of the evidence so you can see because I do not think this can be called a salad. I was hoping you could rule on this sad excuse for a lunch. Uh, oh, this is a this is a uh, a non-visual medium, but luckily we do have an Instagram account over there at instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman where you can see the photo that uh, Jillian from Plainview sent in of her mom's her mom's contemporary take on a Caesar salad. Yeah, it's a fresh twist on an old classic. They say before you take a bite of something, you eat first with your eyes. And I am currently vomiting first with tears. This is a very sad. <laughs> it's, a, it's an emetic experience looking at this salad. It's a sad looking salad. Basically, Jill, Jillian is asking a question, which I, I don't think is being asked in good faith, because I think she mainly wants us to make fun of her mom. Yeah, and a mission accomplished. Her mom earned it. Can this be called a salad, Jesse? What we're looking at here is a clear plastic bowl full of chopped up hearts of romaine sprinkled with some shredded cheese. I guess that's got to be shredded Parmesan cheese, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be what that is. And I see a crouton here, so there must have been croutons in the dish. Or maybe it's one of those single crouton Caesars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe there's one big crouton buried under the salad. That is something I'd be really interested in. A giant... A Caesar salad with one giant crouton? Like those kits that you give kids where uh, they get a little spoon and they get to scrape away until they find a fake dinosaur bone? Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> An archaeological dig? Yeah. For a crouton in the shape of a dinosaur bone? Come on. Yeah, I think that would be fun. I Here's the thing, John. Go ahead, please. I'm glad to make fun of Jillian's mom. Just as I'm glad to make fun of my own mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. who is one of the most wonderful people I've ever known in my life, a kind, mm-hmm. loving, decent, caring person to her very core, who also has a nervous stomach and eats salads with no dressing. All right. <laughs> and I truly... <laughs> it, it upsets me so deeply every time. And I love my mother-in-law so much. <laughs> She's such a wonderful person. But I figured out that if I just put a little dressing on her salad, she will eat it out of politeness. And I don't know whether that, I honestly don't know whether I'm torturing her by doing this. I haven't noticed if I am. Uh, But I'll just put a little bit, just so it tastes like something, just to separate her (laughs) <laughs> like the emotional element from the physical element or whatever. And I will just put a little drizzle on just there. A little, no. Just a little drizz. Just so it's something. Because otherwise it's just a lettuce pile. Also, yes. Jillian's mom is completely wrong about there not being any fat if you don't put any dressing on it. What do you think Parmesan cheese and croutons are made of? <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's going to be dramatically lower in fat than if it's dressed. That's true. But first of all, this is definitely cannot be called a Caesar salad because it's got no anchovies in it. It's got no choves. It's got no Mm -hmm. egg yolk. It's got no lemon juice. I'm sure there's black pepper in there. But those that's that's the tang that chovey tang. I don't think there's black pepper in here. Do you think not? Well, no, it's, it's a, look at it. It's bright green. It's it's throughout bright green. There, it's unspeckled. 
It's low sodium, low pepper as well. Don't worry if you're trying to manage your pepper intake. I mean, look, if we're going to critique what we would do with this salad, you could you without if if the goal is not to add fat, you could put some pepper and lemon juice on there. Get a little closer. Yes. Now, you know what, Jesse? You're right. Now, I'm going to say this. We've had some fun at Jillian's mom's expense. But Jillian's mom, you like what you like. If you love just a lettuce pile with some shredded cheese on it and what looks to be a single crouton of normal size, go for it. Absolutely. If you want to eat bunny style, eat bunny style. I would agree that I was trying to find the phrase that would describe what this is because it is not, to my mind, either a Caesar salad nor a salad. It is a lettuce pile. Basically, it is a it is a it's a fluffy crudite. Um, but I think that you really hit upon something there, Jesse, which is if, if you are trying to dress up your undressed salad and you want to get it as light as possible, a, a little lemon juice, a little vinegar goes a long way to making it salady and carrying some of the spices that you might put on it, such as salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. And making it making it adhere to your leaves in your lettuce, as long as there is some liquid component or colloidal, if it's a creamy dressing, then you can call it a salad. But no, Jillian, that is not a salad. It should not be called a Caesar salad. It should be called, well, gosh, I don't know what your mom's name is, a Jillian's mom lettuce pile. And send me the dressing you're not using. Ma- mail it to me. I'll eat it. <laughs> I'll eat it out of a FedEx envelope. I don't care. <laughs> Tyvek holds it in. That's right. Here's something from John in Brighton, Massachusetts. My siblings and I live in four different cities across North America. Well, well, it's well. rare for us to all get together. So when we do, we like to stay up late talking. This is especially true when we return to our parents' house in Wisconsin because their kitchen is perfectly suited for such hangouts. It has a fully stocked fridge, drinks, comfortable chairs, and so forth. However, the kitchen happens to be right below my parents' bedroom, and they say we're disrupting their sleep. My father will come downstairs and tell us to move to some other part of the house, even though that completely kills the vibe of our joyful meetup. We're doing our best to keep the volume down, but his policy is zero tolerance. We ask the court to order our parents to allow us to hang out in the kitchen throughout the night. Jesse, we haven't had parties lately that's true i mean even even before this time of social isolation i was not i had given up on hosting uh parties at my house because i'm not a child you know right. what i mean yeah when, when was the last time you had a party at your house no idea never right i don't think i literally don't think i've ever had a party at my house no that's not true i had a birthday party oh yeah when i turned 30 right and were people indoors? No, they were in my backyard. Oh, there you go. That's what you get in Los Angeles. In New York City, when you're when you're turning 30 years old, or you're or or it's a Thursday, you have people over to your apartment to hang out and eat pizza and have a refreshing beverage. And I'm sure you've experienced this. It's a cliche to say all parties end up in the kitchen. That's just where it happens. You can put your mozzarella sticks and your other stress test apps out on a out on a tray in the living room. Try to get or try to steer people 
what am I talking about? In New York City, they're in the living rooms trying to steer people into the sleeping nook or yeah, whatever. You're, t- you're talking about the, the office, Murphy bed, yeah. uh, television room. Yeah, exactly. But everyone's, everyone's going to party in the kitchen. That's where the party is. It's always where the party is. And for obvious reasons, as John points out, that's, that's where the drinks are. That's where the, the tile is. So the voices bang as an acoustic properties, make it sound and feel like a party because your voice is banging off that backsplash. You got access to drinks, snacks, all the, all the lettuce piles you might want. And obviously, obviously, that's where all of the comfy chairs are. Now, you made an edit on the fly, Jesse. You changed John's letter from saying to comfortable chairs from what he wrote, which was, that's where the comfy chairs are. And I'm like, what are you even talking about, John, in Brighton, Massachusetts? Comfy chair? Like, do There's you have- There's barca lounges barca in lounges. this kitchen. <laughs> There's beanbag chairs in here in the kitchen's conversation pit. Yeah. That's that's the one part of this that is not track for me, John. I don't know what- I don't know what kind of wingback leather armchairs you have out there in your Wisconsin kitchen. But it's still the case that hanging out in the kitchen is one of the best things you can do when you're allowed to be inside with people you care about and that you are willing to breathe on and be breathed on by, especially siblings. Now, I'm an only child, but I know this feeling. When I was young and my all of my friends from high school were scattered to the winds, and we would come back over the summer from our respective learning institutions. We would all go to Christine's kitchen and hang out there. We told so many stories. We had such a good time. And guess who, And part of the fun was that every now and then Christine's mom would wander in and raise an eyebrow at us and just drop a withering bone mo. Just such a funny lady, wonderful person. And Christine's dad was <laughs> sitting in the room adjacent to the kitchen with a pipe and a glass of whiskey screaming at <laughs> the television some Betamax recording he had of the of the movie Grand Prix because he was a car fanatic, is a car fanatic, I should say. An old racing car fanatic. It was terrific. It was a very lively scene. It was like Rudy's place in real life where everybody knows your name. And the thing of it is that her mom and dad love for us to be around because we were incredible. <laughs> we, we were all nice kids who were hanging around. And by this time, we were probably having an adult, an adult beverage. I think we were of age, but certainly, you know. And we weren't in trouble any place. Like, they, they liked us hanging around because I think we were reasonably good company. We were amusing to them. Her father could yell at me to get a haircut, and it was a and it was amusing to me. It was a nice feeling. Now, there is a person who is living in my house who is attending a college outside of our house, and she has just come back. And did I mind that she stayed up late in the living room long after I went to bed playing Animal Crossing? Of course I did, because she was messing up my character. <laughs> She's messing up my island. <laughs> I don't know. I've been working hard on that island. I had to get into Animal Crossing finally for a secret project that David Reese and I are, are working on. You'll, I'll have some news about that later. And of course, she wasn't making any noise, but I was so happy that she was there. 
you know, I got to come down pretty hard on your dad, John, because I don't get what the problem is. If I had four kids who had grown up and moved to four different cities across North America, as a brag, by the way, John, boy, oh boy, how cosmopolitan you all are. But obviously, to some degree, you've thrived and are all presumably happy. You've, you've moved to cities and made new lives for yourself, which I would be so happy about if I were your dad. And I would say that the fact that the four of you love each other and are talking to each other and want to talk to each other, that would make me so happy as a dad. And to know that you are below me as I was going abed, you know, because when I go to bed, what I do is I read, I don't read books anymore. I read, am I the a-hole, a, a subreddit on Reddit, which is the just tragic story after tragic story of broken families and people who have gone no contact with their mothers and mothers-in-law and siblings and whatever because people have been terrible to each other. I'd be, I read that and I cry, but I would hear my children below me and know they did okay. They're, they're, they're here, they're home, they're safe. I know where they are. They like each other. They will eventually go out into the world again and continue to thrive on their own. But I would love, that would be music to my ears to hear you guys talking, John. Now, I normally am very supportive of dads annoying their children and coming up with weird rules to bother them. Like, you got to be quiet in the kitchen. But no, the kitchen is where it's going to happen, John. Frankly, most houses, if you know, most, as I say, if, if you have the means and you're in a married relationship or a long-term romantic relationship, the best thing to do is to not even share a, a bedroom, never mind a bed, two separate bedrooms in a villa connected by a reflecting pool. And I would add to that two kitchens, one for cooking in, one where just the party goes. So, you know, John's dad, listen to me. You, you can't let this bother you. You got to let these kids party in the kitchen. That's where the party is. Until you build a second party kitchen or, build your, or move your room, you're going to have to listen to your children like each other and enjoy each other's company. And if you can't take pleasure in that, I'm sorry. I think you, should, I think you ought to re reorganize your priorities because they're going to go away and someday they're not going to come back as often as they grow older and have their own families. Whew. And, uh, and if, you can't, if you can't get that together, John, you and your three siblings, you come party at my house. I'll be away. <laughs> Whoa, what am I offering? This guy's in Brighton. He's not that far away. He's in Brighton, Massachusetts. He might come. He and his three siblings might come and party in my kitchen. And I don't have, I only have one floor, Jesse. I don't have, uh, tell you what, we'll do it virtual. You and your three siblings will have a Zoom, a catch-up Zoom, and I'll just hang around there and listen to you. Music to my ears. What do you think of the four cities? The four cities? All yeah. right. Well, I know one Massachusetts. Of them, I know one of them is Brighton, Massachusetts. Brighton, Massachusetts is <clears throat> where the where the Bread and Circus All Natural uh, Supermarket used to be it's now whole foods and uh my wife worked at the fish counter there and served steven tyler it's just saying it's an incredible town brighton massachusetts i'm gonna oh, say one of them great <laughs> i'm gonna say 
One of them is um, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. One of them is probably another city in Wisconsin. I'm going to say, because there's probably one sibling who didn't go that far afield. So maybe they're up in Madison. And then it's all North America, right? Yeah. So there, there could be someone in Canada, too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a, a shout out to Regina, Saskatchewan. Just yeah, one of the I've great got, overlooked provincial capitals. I've got Brighton, Massachusetts. Yeah. Tuxtla Gutierrez in Oaxaca. Port au Prince, Haiti. And Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. John, set up the Zoom for your four siblings. I will drop in on it. Send me an invitation and then I will, you can report to me and I'll report to Jesse where, how, how close we got on our four cities guessing. We're going to take a quick break to hear from this week's partner. We'll be back on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. We're clearing the docket and we have a case here from Caitlin in Vancouver, British Columbia. After we shared an ice cream sundae, my loving husband, Trevor, tapped my forehead with his soggy, environmentally friendly wooden spoon. I said, please don't tap my face with your soggy spoon, to which he, rep- <laughs> to which he responded, your forehead isn't part of your face. <laughs> he then proceeded to tap my face. I seek justice for Trevor, telling me my forehead is not part of my face. I want him to pay damages by purchasing me a Sunday of my choosing and delivering it to me in bed. This one made me so mad I almost didn't include it. Yeah. And Caitlin, Trevor, buckle up. Because, you know, there's a thing that I notice. You know my favorite book, Am I the A-Hole on Reddit? Yes, the one, the one that you that you uh, read yourself to sleep, uh, yeah. so that you have nightmares of families breaking up. That's right. I read myself to sleep in my own tears, in a bed of my own tears. That is to say, my eye vomit. 
the premise of the subreddit is that someone will write, will po- make a post uh, to be viewed by the entire readership of the subreddit saying, hey, my name, for example, is Trevor, and I was having an ice cream sundae with my wife, and I thought it would be funny after I finished it to tap her on the face with my dirty spoon. And when she expressed that she did not like that and asked me not to tap her on the face again, I thought it would be even funnier for me to gaslight her and say, uh, 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 here's a loophole. The forehead is not part of the face, which is obviously something everyone knows is not true. It's part of your face. And then I, Trevor, thought it would be even triple funnier now having demeaned her by touching her face without asking in a, with a dirty spoon to do it again and objectively ignore her stated preferences. Am I the a-hole? Now, there is a thing, that's how that subreddit works. And there's a common thing among the respondents where someone expresses uh, a question about their relationship with a partner, husband, wife, spouse of some kind, life partner, whatever. And they will say, oh, um, divorce them immediately. <laughs> There's, there is a great rush to encourage people to divorce, to see red flags in behavior, which is sometimes overstated. It's not always the case that when there is a disagreement between a couple who are living together and love one another, that they should immediately divorce and run away and go no contact, as they say. So I'm just going to say to this, Trevor, in this situation, you are the a-hole. I am not going to rush to say that you should be divorced, but I hope you understood through my interpretation of what your post to am I the a-hole would sound like, that what you did was really not cool. And Caitlin, I hope you understand through my reading of the same things that you deserve not to be touched in the face with a dirty spoon if you don't feel like it. You know this. You said as much. And the only thing that worries me is that you don't come to me saying, Judge John Hodgman, yell at my husband for me. You're getting that for free. You came to me asking me to to tell Trevor that the forehead is part of the face, to prove or disprove, rather, the completely bad faith gaslighty argument that he made that gave him loophole permission to ignore your wishes. Don't, don't, I'll say it a third time. I'm not even sure what I'm trying to articulate here, but don't, don't, don't let Trevor set the terms. Don't come to me asking me to argue back Trevor's goo goo gaslight argument. If you can't do it, just come to me and say, Judge John Hodgman, yell at Trevor and tell him to stop doing this. And I'll do it. But also, you should do it. You should do it. You love each other. I'm, I know you do. Here's a case from Lucian in St. Helena, California. Picture this scene. You are on a couch with your partner, who is an amazing illustrator, watching an engaging movie. Suddenly, you can see that a gross scene is about to happen. Will it enrich the experience of the movie? Probably not. Is it likely gratuitous? Sure. But before you know it, a hand covers your eyes and the voice behind it says, No, don't look. You try to look around the hand, but it is very skillfully deployed. All right, I got I to gotta break in here just for a second to say, I think this is a Judge John Hodgman first mm-hmm. to, have, to have a complaint written in the second person. That is a yeah. really wild literary choice. 
Yeah, it's like uh, it's like interactive fiction or something. This yeah. is like a return to Zork situation. Yeah. Oh no, it's a choose your own adventure. All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very engaged. Uh, very literary. Cool. All right, let's hear some more. Now, I don't really mind too much. Oh, now he switched it to the first mm-hmm. person. All right, bring it home. It's not like I'm in a hurry to see these gross scenes, but it still feels like I'm missing part of the movie. Is it weird that I want to watch these scenes? I'm a poet, and my partner, Blair Nakamoto, is an amazing illustrator, so I find it odd we would censor any images at all. Please order Blair to stop covering my eyes. Now, I felt funny about including this letter as well, Jesse, for because this got this. I mean, I'm not even sure this is a real Blair should not be touching Lucian's face and and blocking his view of the movies without his consent. A same deal as before. But B also, I, don't, I feel like Lucian's just stirring up trouble here because uh, he just wants to buzz market uh, his illustrator uh, partner, Blair Nakamoto. He keeps talking about what a talented illustrator. And I don't normally. Uh, smile upon this kind of uh, uh, buzz marketing. But then I checked out Blair Nakamoto, Blair Dash Nakamoto, and, and she's great. She's a wonderful illustrator. An incredible collection of uh, snow beasts. Check it out. Blair hyphen Nakamoto. You know, and since Lucian is apparently a poet, he's got a buzz market, that illustrator bride. You know, you gotta. Where else is the money going to come from? Good luck, Lucian. Do what you, you got to keep that hustle up. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, it's time for our new segment, Rudy's Place. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, Boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made. Step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura, A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from 
Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Now, Judge Hodgman, <laughs> I've yes. been led to believe by you that we have a new segment called Rudy's Place. Rudy's Place. It's the virtual hangout where you go to buy friends e-beers. Rudy's Place. No internet, no yachts, no sharks invited, so have no fears. I'm going to hit the high note now. I'm gonna ride my horse down Big Toad Road. I'm gonna ride my horse down Big Toad Road. I'm gonna ride till I can't ride no more to Rudy's place. I changed the last note, so that makes it a fair use parody. Yeah, I think that's how the law works. <laughs> yeah, that's how the law works. I'm a fake internet judge. And that's the theme song to Rudy's place, our new segment. Based on Rudy's complaints, a dad on Big Toad Road. What's Rudy got for us this week, Jesse? Uh, we have a letter from Rudy writing to us from Rudy's place. At the risk of being the first person to go over two on your show, <laughs> I bring a case against my wife, Mary. Mary loves glitter. It burrows into carpets and upholstery and no amount of vacuuming can remove it all. It lies there until the angles are just right. Then it sends a piercing light beam into the eye, which shatters any stream of thought a person might have going. Glitter has a life cycle. It accumulates in large amounts over the holidays, then revisits on Valentine's Day, then assorted birthdays. At any time of year, it is a rare day when a sudden glitter beam doesn't leap out at me from a rug or couch. Mary is a very festive and charismatic person. In Winnie the Pooh terms, she has mm -hmm. a lot of Tigger in her. <laughs> I am, you probably noticed, more of an Eeyore. I don't want to dampen her zest for life, but I argue she can still be festive without glitter. Signed, Rudy. P.S. I should add that part of the evidence I present will be a photo of a Sherman tank, <laughs> and it will be directly relevant to my case. I asked Rudy to share the photo. Yeah. And it is included here and it will be on the show page at Judge John Hodgman show page at maximumfund.org as well as our Instagram. Uh, Jesse, uh, you have the photo there in front of you. Yeah, it appears to be a photograph of a Sherman tank. It's definitely a photograph of a Sherman tank. <laughs> <laughs> I can't that's exactly. What we, that's what we got here, John. 
I'm taking a look here at this photograph. It appears to be of yeah. a Sherman tank. It seems to be a Sherman tank in a park. That's what it looks like to me, yeah. Yeah. And when, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to say case closed. Yeah. It's not determinative evidence for no. me. No. And I could have asked Rudy to explain what this Sherman tank has to do with his hatred of glitter. I've heard of glitter bombs. Maybe this is related. Yeah. You think this is a, a glitter tank or a t-shirt tank? Yeah, either one. Maybe it's both. But I thought it would be, uh, uh, and and Rudy, uh, you know, we we have this new segment that is just for you with this incredible theme song that is totally legal. So I recommend that you write me again, Rudy, and explain what this tank has to do with the glitter. In the meantime, listeners, if you have a guess how to solve the mystery of what a Sherman tank has to do with Rudy's Fear of glitter shining into his eyes from the carpet. Go ahead and write me at Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. And we'll see if your answer matches Rudy's. And Rudy, when you answer, well, then maybe I'll have a ruling for you. But until then, Rudy's place is closed. I was taking my two younger children to the flea market recently. And we happened to go to a West Side Los Angeles gas station. Yeah. that had a collection of antique vehicles. Mm. There were old fire engines, an, an ambulance, sort of a vaguely Ghostbusters-y ambulance, and a few military vehicles as well. And now when I stop for gas while I'm driving around my four-year-old, Frankie, <laughs> Frankie yells at me because I'm not at the tank gas station. <laughs> He's, no. Frankie just goes, where's a tank? <laughs> Dad, it's no tank. Like he's worried. He's worried you may not have noticed. Like it's an honest mistake. Where's a tank? Come on, Frankis. Yeah. It's all, it's all the way on the west side. That's where it is. It's in freaking Santa Monica or Culver City or something. I'm not... I live in I live in East LA. I'm not going to West LA. That's the premise of living in LA. You either live in East LA or West LA. Mm-hmm. I live in East LA. I go to Santa Monica once every six months. I don't even remember where the tank gas station is. You got where's your what's your local gas station? Where's that? My local gas station is on Figaro. What what I like about it is it used to be a shell station. Yeah. You know, shell gas is really expensive. Right. Stop being a shell station. Now it's it's a nothing station. Now it just has a giant shell sign, but they took the shell out of it, so there's a shell-shaped hole. But the gas got like 40 cents a gallon cheaper, so I am nice. in. Yeah. Yeah. What you do is you you uh you uh you pass that savings along to Frankie by buying a tank for that station. Oh, thank you. Yes. You know what I mean? Good thinking. Do you think yeah. this Sherman tank might be available? It doesn't look probably, like it's in use. Probably, probably for sale. Probably for sale. Yeah. Or get a big, or get a big, uh, a big bag full of uh, cheapo uh, plastic uh, toy tanks from a set of army men. Mm. And every time yeah. Frankie and you pull into that gas station, Frank goes, "Where's a tank? Just give him, a, give him a tank. See what happens." <laughs> John, do we have any letters from listeners? We do, Jesse. Uh, Sean wrote in from Westboro, Massachusetts. Now, uh, 
I, Massachusetts is a commonwealth in New England, as you know, and I'm sure you're very familiar with the with the, all the towns of eastern Massachusetts. Sorry, I'm kind of racking my brain here. I haven't heard of the area, but go ahead. Well, all right, I understand. But you should probably know, surely, that Westboro is near Southboro, Massachusetts. It's, I think, to the, the northwest of Southboro, specifically. And Southboro, Massachusetts, is where that Wendy's is that I like. The one that the the one the one that seems like magical and it has the best hamburger I ever ate and it made me cry when I ate it and I was driving th- driving through t- I vomit tears of happiness for once while clutching I've this hamburger. Al- I've always known a Wendy's hamburger to be a medic, but uh, <laughs> not this necessarily in that the, way. I'm not. I'm not. I've gone to other. I'm not saying that when, this is not. The show is not sponsored by Wendy's. Uh, I've had other Wendy's and no, no good, but the, uh, time and again, Southboro—it's the one on Route Nine, right near the Cumberland Farms. You know the one I'm talking about, everybody, or at least Sean does, because Sean's wife Stephanie works as a veterinarian near there, and sometimes he goes and drops off their daughter Alice to childcare near that Wendy's, and he decided to stop in on the Wendy's and investigate, and he went and he interviewed the manager. <laughs> Because he heard about it on the show. He wanted to know what made it so good. And he said, he writes, I ended up speaking with Eileen, the manager, who enthusiastically informed me that most Wendy's restaurants use a DSG, which stands for double-sided grill. You knew that, of course. Yeah. And she explained that the DSGs cook the burgers more quickly, but the trade-off is that they have a way of smushing it too much. In Southboro, the patties are hand-pressed on a regular grill. Needless to say, I savored my burger. So there's a substantive difference. I looked it up. I looked it up, Jesse, and indeed, you can find the manual for the Taylor Grill Company model C802 DSG double-sided grill online, directly scanned from the Wendy's Quality Supply Chain Co-op Incorporated. This is the grill that they're supposed to be using up there in Southboro. And it's got a big old press on it. You know what I mean? Like a panini press. You put the you put the patties down the grill and you, cl- you cook on both sides at the same time. Smushes them too much, Jesse. That's what's happening. That's the genuine difference that I tasted while crying on my northward journey to Maine after I picked up this burger there. And now I'm, cons- I'm really, really happy about this because I know that I'm not just imagining it. There's a quantifiable difference. And Eileen, the manager, is thinking outside the box and doing it their own way. Now I'm concerned that, that Sean and I may have blown up Eileen's spot. Going to get in trouble with Wendy's quality control. Going to get their regular grill taken away. Did I mess it up, Jesse, do you think? I think I probably did. But I do appreciate, Sean, for your work and to resolve the dispute that you put in your postscript. It is wrong for Stephanie to support your daughter Alice's habit of using your own toothbrush, Sean, and chewing on the bristles. You deserve your own toothbrush. But thank you for being a vet, Stephanie. The docket's clear. That's it for another episode of Judge John Hodgman, our producer, the ever-capable Jennifer Marmer. Follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. We're on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. We're also both individually on Instagram at John Hodgman and at put.this.on. Make sure to hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets, hashtag JJHO. And let's talk about this week's episode in the Maximum Fun subreddit at Maximum Fun dot reddit.com you've been checking in there a fair amount john i see you answering questions and being friendly yeah i go in there and i i don't mix it up i just answer questions people have questions about stuff 
I answered them. Yeah, if you're going to go to MaximumFun.reddit.com to be mean about one of our litigants, we're going to we're going to give you the boot. But if you're going there to chat and be friendly, be a nice person, yeah, it's great. MaximumFun.reddit.com. Submit your cases to Judge John Hodgman because we need them. MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O or email Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Surprise! It's yet another post credit sequence. Hi, it's your Judge John Hodgman. As you know, this is our private little club that we come to. Those of us who are in the know, we just stick till the end of the credits. We have a little post-podcast uh, uh, audio cocktail together. Just kind of a little nightcap to the podcast, if you know what I mean. I'm wearing a smoking jacket uh, and my other soft clothes. I hope you're comfortable because in this sequence of post credit sequences, I'm spinning some tunes for you. You may recall we had a number of, uh, of, of people writing in um, on a song prompt to write a song in the style of the band Fish about Gary Gygax, the inventor of Dungeons and Dragons, for a song that we call Gygax Departs. We've heard from Bradley and we've heard from David. Here's another David. This one's called Dave, Dave Rabinow, with his version of Gygax Departs. Rayboat bound for glory Off to elven heaven Rolled an eleven Plus a modified nine Check against immortality We're still stuck in the blood room Waiting for our chance to roll This life can take its toll But you can't spell day by day Without D&D So goodbye Gary Gygax And thank you for the game all just wizards and warriors waging one long campaign. Goodbye, Gary Gygax. Your work was a work of art. When we are out of hit points, then like Gygax, we depart. Rangers and rogues and bards, sorcerers and thieves. We all know what we need, but it's so hard to find A trusted friend who will watch your back Check for hidden booby traps Hold your stuff in their rucksacks When the burden's too much to bear So goodbye Gary Gygax And thank you for the game We're all just wizards and warriors Waging one long campaign Gary Gygax, your work was a work of art. When we are out of hit points, then like Gygax, we depart. Objects moved around in my house and they concluded I had a Bigfoot infestation. It's just transmutation magic. You gotta put your life in order. Goodbye, Gary Gygax, and thank you for the game. We're all just wizards and warriors waging one long campaign. Goodbye, Gary Gygax, your work was a work of art. When we are out of hit points, then like Gygax, we depart.
we are out of hit points Like Gygax we depart MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported